Welcome back to another episode of the Coach's Corner Podcast. I'm really excited because I have... Every once in a while, you stumble across someone who is just like authentically themselves, unapologetically themselves, and you instantly connect and trust. And I think there's a lot of aspects that go into that. But today we got Jessica Stansberry, who's really a YouTube extraordinaire, talking about more than just YouTube, more than just video, but really how to grow a successful business and create that kind of trust, that kind of authenticity, that that momentum that I think a lot of people fail because they're so focused on tactics and strategies and mm-hmm. and at the end of the day it's still a human connection and so if you've been struggling or if you've been if the whole connection slash momentum slash growth piece of the business has maybe been evading you uh tune in listen in take notes don't leave because we're gonna have a really good episode planned for today jessica how you doing I'm great. I'm great. Thank you for having me. So awesome. Um, Jessica's the host of the Grit Podcast, uh, Top 100 USA and Canada Entrepreneurship Podcast. Throwing that in there. YouTube channel, over <laughs> 3 million views. Your brand, your videos, your message, your mission are so on point. I instantly resonated with it. And when I see that, I'm just like, let's get them on the show because they have something to teach. They've got, they know something that sometimes uh, can't be can't be taught like intellectual. You got to feel this stuff. So we're going to go right. deep today and I'm really excited to chat with you about that. Uh, before we dive in, mm-hmm. you know, it's all the tactical stuff and growing the YouTube channel and driving traffic and building a brand and being awesome like you are. Um, you have this quote on your website. It says, live life by design. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? So it's really interesting because I think a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we're told we have to do this. We have to make this much money. We have to do our business this way. We have to live this life. We have to have the private jet or we have to have the Tesla or we have to like whatever. I live in a tiny, tiny town in North Carolina. I live on a farm. We just bought our dream farm, built our dream house. And the reason I do my online business is to support that. And it's different. It's very different than what most people want out of life. And I think it's really easy for people to get stuck there and say, well, I don't resonate with that person because I don't want a private jet or I don't want this or I don't want that. And so my big mission is to make sure that people can create the life they want, whether it's just making, you know, 20,000 a year so their kids can afford to do the things they want to do, or whether it's making a million dollars a year plus so they can buy the private jet. I don't care, but we need to be able to do it because of what we want to do. Would you say that I, I resonate with that so deeply because I fell into the trap in my mid-20s, I bought a shiny brand new black BMW, posted photos like an idiot around it. <laughs> and then one day I'm like, I just sold it. I don't even have a car anymore. Like the more success I see, the more I'm like, let me get rid of everything so I can focus on my mission. And I yeah. think a lot of people never take the time, me included in my mid-20s, to define what even success or what my life, what do I want my life to look like? Uh, Craig Ballantyne, who was on this podcast, you know, was a really big um, key component to me designing my perfect life. And it sounds like you preach the mm-hmm. same idea of like, let's define that. What do you want your business to look like? I hope I'm not calling you out, but you were dressed in sweatpants. I was just in my yes. boxers doing another podcast interview. Like, what does it mean to you and how can you design your life, your lifestyle and everything else around it first exactly. before you go on building social media and, and followings? Is that kind of what you're saying? Totally. Because if you build a business that doesn't support the life you want to live, then what's the point? You know, like the whole point Mm. in us building our businesses is to live a better better life. So 
Like, why would you do it any differently? And yes, I don't work in regular pants. Yeah. I can't sit here in jeans. They bind me up. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Did you go through a phase where it sounds like you, you know who you are, you know what you want, and mm-hmm. you're doing everything to support that? Did you go through a phase where there was a little confusion around that? Like, did you, did you experience like the, the city and the hustle and the bustle and, and you know, well, I want, I want this amount of bank account. I want this amount per month. I want this car. I want this jet. Or were you always just kind of like, hey, I'm Jessica and this is who I am. I'm a, I'm a Southern <laughs> awesome yeah. human. So I've always been a little bit of both, but I definitely have fallen in the trap of yeah. like, so we live three hours from an airport like three hours from the Charlotte airport. And so I travel quite a bit. I travel at least like several times a quarter to go speak at conferences. And so there for a while, I'm like, oh, everybody else I know like lives so close to the airport and they can just like hop in an Uber and go get in the airplane. Traveling is not as big of a deal, but we really value living here and living by our families and living in the lifestyle that we do, that that's a sacrifice I have to make. Um, For the most part though, I have always been like, this is me, this is what you get and this is how I'm going to live and you can like it or not. (laughs) So So yeah. It's so great. And I, I, before we get into the actual, um, you know, the, the, the YouTube stuff and the video stuff, which I feel is probably your main vehicle to really building the success you've built or, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you talk about it a lot. Um, I think one thing that positions you, and I know you know this, is is somewhere on the website, and I don't know where I got this from, but um, you know, multi-passionate, yes. um, naturally disorganized. I saw, um, you know, um, those kind of those kind of phrases, and you seem to embrace that. You're just like, yo, you can be multi-passionate. Um, let's let's talk about that briefly, because I know a lot of people are just like, I want to do this, and then I want to do this, and this, and this, mm-hmm. and I think in my opinion, doing it all at the same time at first is probably will create a disaster. (laughs) But it sounds like you found a way to like, hey, build this, build that and be able to take all of your passions, all of your interests and put it all into one by design style of business, style of life. Exactly. I I struggled with being multi-passionate for a really long time because I would be like, oh, I want to do this and I want to do that. And I would quit halfway on this mm-hmm. thing and mm-hmm. I would keep going on that thing. Mm-hmm. And I call it the theory or it's my theory of half dug holes is what I say all the time. So if somebody out here placed five flags in the ground and they were like, there is gold at the bottom of each of these holes. Like if you dig a hole right mm. here, there is gold. And they said you have 24 hours to reach it. If you dug a little in one hole and dug a little in another hole and dug, you would never reach the gold in any of the holes in that 24 hours. But if you will dig and hit the gold in one hole and then dig and hit the gold in the other, you will have more at the end of that 24 hours than you would if you went all over the place. So I always like to say that you kind of have to fight against that for a little bit and you really need to embrace one thing for now. And then once you have gotten that to the point where it runs itself or where it makes money easily or where you've brought on a team so it can kind of do its own thing, then you can bring on those other pieces. And that's exactly what I've done throughout my business. Like the YouTube thing was a big catalyst for me to be able to speak on stages. And then people would hear me speak on stages about YouTube and ask me to keynote their conference. So, which is completely different than YouTube. So it's, one of those things where it continues to build on itself, but you have to focus at first and Mm. then you can, then you can broaden out as you get a little more experience and a little more audience. I guess one word to sum that up, which I preach a lot is discipline. Yes. Exercising discipline. Uh, so awesome. And I, I also find maybe someone listening who's like, well, that's great. That's cool. Uh, I have notebooks filled with ideas. And five years later, I like go through a notebook and I'm like, wow, this idea was so premature, but now 
it's in yep. full flight and it's like it was in my subconscious growing for five years and now it's yeah. a reality and it's so cool to see. So stay the course, get disciplined. Uh, Jessica's got the right idea and dig, uh, what was it? The Dig one hole at a time. Yeah, dig one hole. I call it half dug holes, but yeah. Half <laughs> like, dug holes. That's the southern, that's the southern that's way to southern say it, way. the half, half dug holes. Half dug holes. <laughs> um, okay, so, so you had this idea of building a business at some point in your life. Where, where did that moment come where you were like, you know what, maybe I'll, I'll build something online? Because to a lot of people, that sounds either crazy or they want to do it, but they're like, well, I mean, the self-doubt and, and not oh, all the totally. pieces are there. And I don't know what that's like. You kind of have an idea and you're like, well, I don't know. Other people are doing yes. it. Jessica's doing it. Lucas is doing it. But um, who am I to do it? Yeah. So totally. where did that moment come? I... Why, why the business? Yeah. So I've been entrepreneurial my whole life. Um, I don't really, I don't remember, you know, a lot of people will be like, I sold bracelets in middle school. Mm -hmm. I don't remember that necessarily, mm -hmm. but I remember that everything I wanted to do growing up was an entrepreneurial career. So they would be like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I would be like a photographer when I was like two, you know, um, which is something you do as an entrepreneur. You generally mm -hmm. don't work as a photographer in a corporate, I mean, mm -hmm. generally, mm -hmm. um, so I always felt like I needed that freedom. Um, and then in college, actually, I started my first graphic design business, which I basically just freelanced. So anything somebody needed, custom birthday invitations to business cards to whatever. Um, and it was in college that a marketing professor, I forget what the conversation was, but she was like, who here wants to own your own business one day? And about half and half of the class raised their hands um, for yes and for no. And I just kind of like found myself like me, I do. Um, and so that was the moment where I was like, okay, this can be something that happens. But the real moment where I was like, I have to do it is um, I had and I have a podcast episode all about it on my podcast. It's called making lemons out of lemon or making lemonade out of lemons. But Essentially, I went back to work after my first son. I had a corporate job for about three years, went back to work after having him and had an insane experience where I was like yelled at the first day back mm. and just crazy stuff on a job I didn't even like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that's when I left. I mm -hmm. left and I was like, well, I got to I got to make money somehow. And I found the world of blogging. So back in 2010, blogs were really just kind of at their biggest moment. Yeah. And I found that world and went down a rabbit hole. And that's, that's from there to here has been a lot of transitions, but it's, that's where it all started. I think the key word there, if you're, if you're taking notes on this episode, which if you know me, you better be, if you're listening to listen, you can leave. And I know that's blunt, but no amount of information is going to help you to be taking notes. Mm -hmm. I think the big key element there was, um, there's a lot of transitions. A lot of people yeah. think it's a straight line, but I guarantee you, Ups, downs, sideways, and all arounds uh, have been a massive part of, of your success. I can, I can guarantee sure. that, no, no doubt. For sure. Oh, I, more than I could count. So cool. <laughs> so cool. So you're blogging, you know, you, you got yelled at. Uh, a lot of people are doing stuff that doesn't fulfill them. And then that moment comes where it's just like, why am I doing this? And, and I got 50 years left on the planet. And do I really want to do this for the rest of my life? So you had that moment, you did your thing, you transitioned into blogging, you did all that stuff. Where did video come into play? Yeah. So basically I started as a blogger and then I, I had this graphic design background and back, if you remember Blogspot and blogger, like okay, the yep, website, yep. they were so ugly. Yeah. And so I had this like graphic design background and I started mm. making myself pretty blogs. 
then people were like reading my blog and being like, how did you design this? So good. Cool. I started designing blogs for other people. Then it turned into designing websites for companies and bigger businesses. Um, which then is about the time that I started my first podcast, which I don't have anymore. Um, and I started being more present online on Instagram, on Facebook, on the podcast, whatever. And people naturally were coming to me in Facebook groups or whatever and saying, I know you're a web designer. So how do I do this thing on my WordPress site? So I started creating YouTube videos for people to figure out how to do the things on WordPress or how to work ConvertKit or how to work Skype or how to do a podcast, something or another. And I transitioned from web design into this like techie person that you could go to, to figure out all the tech pieces of your business. Yeah. And then what happened was my audience started saying, but how did you grow on YouTube? Right, and so right. I started putting that out there. And so I'm, I've always been really good at listening to what my audience wants. And that's something that I always, I preach to people might look at my business and be like, she's done a lot of this, like woo yeah, all yeah. over the place. But it's because my audience like steered me that way and they don't ever steer me wrong. Like I'm like, Oh, okay. I'll talk about YouTube. That was great. And then from there, I've talked about all this other stuff, the personal development, the other higher level of business things that I've talked about, yeah. the personal things, yeah. um, because that's what my audience has said. We want to know more about, like, how did you do that? How did you create a business where you could buy your dream home in this amount of time? Okay. Let me tell you. So right. I've just listened along the way has been the biggest tip. So uh, because you're taking notes, right, you're writing down. I think the big thing from there was you are listening to your audience, but I think past that I had the thought of you are solving, you are focused on solving other people's Mm -hmm. problems and you're not so attached to, I see my business like this. I learned this too. I will build it like this. It's going to be just like this. And you're ignoring what, and I think there's a give and take there. You can't listen to what everyone says because you'll just, you'll never do anything, but you you were solving problems along the way and you'd find problems and you'd solve them, which is on the entrepreneurship kind of spirit. Exactly. I yeah. mean, and people will tell you what their problems are. They yeah. will be, they will be there in that Facebook group or on that Instagram story or that podcast episode or whatever and be like, wait, wait, you said this, but I need to know this. And yeah. then you're like, Oh, okay. I need to talk more about this thing. Yeah. So it's just a matter of being really clear on where you want to go, but being okay with the road being a little crooked. Yeah. So awesome. So awesome. So good. So I I have a picture here. So you started doing the YouTube thing. Then you started solving people's problems on YouTube that grew. And then it's the personal development space. And I I was checking out some of your, the stuff you offer in the courses and all the workshops and you're speaking and all that stuff. So that's where it grew from. And now uh, it sounds like a big part of your business is helping people grow on YouTube uh, because you obviously have figured out something that's um, speeding up people's process. A lot of the clients we're working with, I actually promised this episode, uh, we have an inner circle call today, but I'm missing it. So someone else is taking it and I promise them the (laughs) second this is done recording, they're just going to get the raw file because everyone, at least all our clients and a lot of people reach out being like, I want to grow on YouTube. I'm not a YouTube Mm -hmm. expert. I use YouTube, but I'm not well-versed in YouTube. I've just kind of figured it out and got some consulting and help with it. So if we're talking about YouTube and spreading your message, spreading your mission, spreading your story and all and value on YouTube, what I see happen a lot, or at least the question I get is I've been posting videos for three months, for two months, for one month, Mm -hmm. thinking it's a long time. It's really not, but I've gotten three videos or three views or one of my videos got 12 views and the rest have one. And I think it's my mom. 
what, yeah. what what's happening there? Because uh, because back in 2008, 2010, you could post a video and really build an audience fairly quickly. The good old days of YouTube, a lot of businesses yeah. were built. Nowadays, I don't know, you probably know the stat of how many videos are, are put out every single day, but I'm sure it's in it's the millions. Lot. I'm, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. guess it's in the millions, yeah. um, if not tens of millions. So what's going on and what's the best way to sort of, um, I'm not going to say like, you know, get in tune with the algorithm. I don't know if that exists, but what's the best way to like, hey, like, let's get people to watch my, watch yeah. my stuff. I think it's really interesting because a lot of my peers in the YouTube space, which are all very good friends, like if you Google anybody who talks about YouTube, they're all a good friend of mine. It's a really tight knit circle, which yeah. is awesome. Um, but a lot of them are teaching YouTube from the, I want to be a YouTuber mm -hmm. perspective. And I'm teaching it from the, I want to use it as an asset in my business yeah. perspective. Um, and if you want to use YouTube as an asset in your business to grow your business and you are struggling to get views, you are not doing the right content. Um, and that means that more than likely you are either just doing what you think is going to work or you are going after key terms that are way out of your reach mm. because here's how it works. And let me just, I'll just give it to give the whole story. Let's do it. So <clears throat> essentially, especially starting out, you want to do how to content, how to use this system, how to do that thing, how to do this on Photoshop, how, whatever. Um, and you need to do keyword research to see what is popular there. It's just like blogging and you've got to figure out what key terms people are searching for a lot of times people will try and make their title sexy mm. and they'll try and make it things that are like are really cool. That doesn't work. You need to make your title something that people are searching for and the right people are searching for. But here's the deal. When you have a small channel, you do not have the clout yet with YouTube to go after these huge search terms. Mm -hmm. So if you go in with zero subscribers or even 20 um, or a thousand really, and you go after a key term that's searched a hundred thousand times a month, you will never see success because all these people who've been there since 2008, 2010 and have these huge channels are going to crush you. So you have to go in building from the bottom up. So I always try and tell people, if you have less than a thousand subscribers, then go after key terms that are searched for less than a thousand times a month. Great. My favorite tool is called keywords everywhere. Yeah, um, we, we I don't know if you, we use it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's perfect. It's great. And it works on YouTube, on Google, on all the things. Um, and you can see how many times something is searched a month yeah. and from that you can make your decision on, okay, I want to talk about these things. The other piece of the puzzle here is that people try and talk too, like in the weeds about what they do. So mm. let's say if, you know, if I'm a money coach, I want to get like, I want to tell people like how they can just like really build their wealth. But that's not what people are searching for. People mm. are searching for how do I do my taxes or mm. how do I save money here? Or like, how do I do, I don't know, whatever, invest. How do I invest? Um, so you have to think about it from a big, like broad perspective and also though, be really clear with what you can actually rank for. Now, once you've ranked for one video, you're more likely to rank for another video. Right. <clears throat> then it's kind of a snowball from there. Um, my biggest example for like the type of content and getting out of the box a little bit and out of the weeds, um, I call it my baby booty example. Okay. <laughs> so you've seen those little baby moccasins, the little leather ones that babies wear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so 
let's say you're a company that makes those moccasins, you're not going to go on YouTube and just make content about how to make moccasins. So like, that's not, that doesn't matter. Right. What you need to do is make content up that the people who are buying the moccasins care about. So, okay, they're moms probably. Um, and so now they want to learn about how to make baby food, how to breastfeed, how to, um, get your baby to sleep through the night, how to potty train, like all of these things that you can rank for, um, you could be talking about because the people who are searching for them are moms and moms have babies and babies have feet. And now you have something to sell them. I love that. So it's a matter of getting out of the box, but also going after the terms that actually you can rank for and not like, whoo, way over here in right field. I love that. So it sounds like because you're taking notes, I'm going to keep saying that. This is my new thing. Um, Keywords everywhere. Make sure you're ranking. Don't be going after a million. Don't don't post your first video of how to make money online mm -hmm. because there's probably a million of those. Yeah. Um, and know your audience. Like you said maybe 10 minutes ago is, is I really knew my audience. I listened to my audience. I know what they need. So do your research on that. Um, I think people think that, well, I'll start an online business. It's going to be easy. And they don't see the like, but the backbone or I guess the, the details of how much research goes into that mm -hmm. title, that video, and you know giving you the best possible uh, chances of having it picked up by yeah. YouTube or ranking for that keyword. And it kind of sounds like that. Now I'm sure, uh, is that about right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Mm -hmm. I, I know the next thing is going to be more from a tactical perspective of, well, if your videos are boring, if you don't have yeah. a structure to the video or the copy of the video, if you don't grab attention in the first 10 seconds, if your thumbnail is, uh, is not attractive, you're not the content can be amazing, but if you're not getting that click and you're not getting the attention the first 10 seconds, let's talk about that and maybe your angle. So you've done the research, yeah. you got the keywords, you're like, great, I'm going to film you know, these three videos that will rank high for this uh, thousand search keyword. Now the camera's getting turned on or your cell phone or your phone or whatever. What do they do next? Yeah. So it's funny because when I meet people in person who have watched my YouTube channel, they're like, you're exactly the same in person. And I'm like, well, I don't know how else to be like, yeah. <laughs> why would I not be? Yeah. But I think a lot of times people, the camera comes on and people are like newscaster voice. Big time. I'm going to tell you about this thing and I'm not going to smile while I tell it to you. And here's number one and here's number. And that's not attractive. And it's not like, it's not attracting the right people to you. And it's not going to cause people to want to come back. Right. So you don't have to be crazy. Like I, I tell people all the time, my personality is a little like up here. Yeah. You know, I'm a little over the top and it's fine. You don't have to be like that. That is literally me. I mean, I am bouncing off the walls 90% of my day. Like it's just the way I am. You can be calm and serene and you can be whatever, but you just need to be you mm. when you're filming. Um, the other thing is a lot of people start their video. You hit on it a little bit there. They'll start their video with, hi, my name is Jessica. Welcome back. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Nobody gives a crap. If mm -hmm. they're searching for how to make money online and you're like, hi, I'm Jessica. I'm so glad you're here. This is a cool channel. Hit subscribe. Uh, a you two minute intro, intro clip of like it's just <laughs> yeah. random stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Music. you haven't given them any reason to stick around, and yeah. we have very short attention spans. So that first little bit of the video really needs to call them to want to watch the rest of it. Yeah. So if the video is about how to make money online, that first little clip could be me me like throwing dollar bills in the air and being like, oh yeah. my gosh, I made $10,000 this month or whatever, and yeah. then getting people to stick around for the next part. Um, but as far as filming goes, there's definitely like a cadence you can get into and you should get into of giving that hook 
introducing them to you, getting into the tips and being concise and then asking them to do something, a call to action. Um, but honestly, I want to go back to the thumbnail piece. That is probably the biggest thing you need to focus on to actually get people to click. Mm -hmm. So it's one thing if you get the keywords right, you get the content perfect, you title it correctly and it shows up. But if it's not being clicked on, it's not going to matter. And I, I see a lot of times, like, let's say you took a screenshot from this video. That's what people put up as their thumbnail. Right. I'm like, what are you doing? Right. And the reason is, one, we need good lighting in thumbnails. We, people need to see what is going on. And a lot of times in video calls, it's just not the best lighting, right. you know? Um, also, people really are attracted to and want to click on faces in thumbnails. That is what's working right now. It could be different tomorrow, but right now it's working for faces to be in your thumbnails. And you want to give them, I always say for the thumbnail strategy, the strategy is either show them the emotion they're feeling before they get your strategy or after. Mm, smart. So nice. if it's, yeah, if it's how to make money online, like right now they're like, Oh, I wish mm. I knew how to make money online. So that might be the face I make. Or when they're done with my strategy, they're going to be like, yes. So that might be the face I make. Right. Yeah. Um, and that way it emotes that emotion. They're either feeling before right. or after, and that's going to cause them to be like, I want to feel like that. Or yes, that's how I feel. And they'll click on it, watch my video and hopefully go down a rabbit hole and through the rest of my ecosystem. But I also treat YouTube as the top of my funnel. So I'm doing very how to content. I'm, I'm, yeah. you know, getting in touch with the people I want to talk to. And hopefully from there, they're going through the process to find me in other places, to listen to me on podcasts, to listen to my podcast, like whatever that looks like. Um, and it works great. hundred percent. So, uh, I think the big takeaway from there is emotion, energy in motion. <laughs> We've got to remember that we're emotional beings. We're feeling something. <laughs> and it's the only reason we're searching for answers in books, in videos, Yep. in downloads, in video courses, and in your sales pages and what you sell. And if you're um, dry, I'm not saying because I'm pretty much over the top half the time too, but if you're just grounded and an intellectual, be you. Yeah. But don't forget about the eliciting emotion. It, it, make them feel something. So your thumbnail strategy is make them feel something, which I think is really smart. I don't think I've ever thought of that. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because, so I have definitely told people they don't need to be on YouTube. There are definitely some personalities. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I just, I hate to say it. Like I would like to be the person who's going to tell you everybody could be successful on YouTube, yeah. but I just don't believe that. Um, there are some personalities are not good on camera and no matter how hard they try, they still come across as like, something nobody would watch. Fair. Um, and that's okay. Maybe your platform is a podcast or your platform is Facebook lives or whatever. And that's okay. It's just like, you've got to get in there and do the work to see if that's something that you even enjoy to do. Because most of the time, the people who are not coming across as like somebody, somebody would want to watch don't like to do it anyway. Yeah. That's usually how it correlates. Love it. Um, <clears throat> I will also say too, like, don't be afraid to throw spaghetti at the wall with your YouTube strategy, especially if you have multiple offerings in your business or you're just getting started even. Um, because sometimes you may think, oh, I'm going to talk about affiliate marketing or I'm going to talk about whatever. And you get on there and you're not ranking really high for it. It's not doing well. And then you start talking about something else and it shoots up through the algorithm. And all of a sudden, everybody who comes to you came to mm. you through that thing. I like it. Um, 
So don't be afraid of that. I, I have pivoted what I talk about on YouTube as I've seen that happen. And I'll see people like come in through different videos and I'm like, oh, I better talk more about that. Um, or I'll see them come in through different ways and I'm like, okay, let me talk about that. I actually recently saw, and I can't remember her name, um, cause I don't follow her or know who she is, but I just saw someone on YouTube who had started talking about Pinterest. Like that's what she was talking about on YouTube. Well, then she got monetized on YouTube and just made a random video. It was not strategic. You could tell by like the way she was doing it about how much her first YouTube paycheck was. It blew up. Mm. I mean, it got like millions of views, got her tons and tons of new subscribers. So she rode that wave and she was like, all right, I'm going to talk about my YouTube strategy. Great. And that's great. Like that's what you should be doing. And now it probably pivoted what she was planning to do in her business or this or that or the other. But if that's the top of your funnel and that's where all the people are yeah. coming through, it's worth listening to. I love that. I love that. Um, to rewind just a little bit, because there's one thing that's bugging me and I just want yep. to shine some light on it is you said, be authentically you, you know, you had someone come up to you saying, I saw you on video and you're just like you were on person. But, and we kind of discussed it before you were saying that when you first started, like, um, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, so I'll let you shine light on this, but it was yep. like, I mean, I instantly, um, quote unquote, like complimented or brought awareness to like your accent. I'm just like, it's My such accent, a, yeah. an awesome trusting, warm thing. But you said that when you first started, you were sort of trying to... Like not show it. Not, sh <laughs> yeah. not show it. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to... Yeah. Just just to anyone who's like, well, I turn on the video, but I can't seem to be myself. I get it because I went through that too. Me too. Uh, it's, a, it's a learning does. process. Yeah. So keep doing it. We put people through 30 days of videos. Before you post mm -hmm. anything, you do 30 videos every morning and you're just going to get used to the camera because that's all that's keeping you from being yes. successful at it. How did you, or or is that true, because I'm putting words in your mouth, of maybe at first you were a little, it was a learning curve. And and I think it's a great story for people to hear because sometimes our biggest weakness, the thing we're made fun of the most, the thing we're ashamed of about ourselves the most, are our nose, our eyes, our hair, and, and these yes. stupid stories we tell ourselves turn out to be the thing that bring us, that people that people that actually matter uh, adore or like or, or, or like about you and, and oh. high school and whatever happened to you when you were 12, I mean, it doesn't, those were kids and sometimes yeah. those things are, are the best thing about you. So, so let's talk about that briefly just to give some, um, some inspiration to those who yeah. are a little self-conscious right now. Yeah. And I love telling this story because it's probably like one of my favorite things that like I kind of came into myself there. Um, so I actually don't have that heavy of an accent for our area. My husband, if you heard him talk, he is like full blown Southern. Nice. And it's so funny because anytime I show him on my Instagram stories, people are like, whoa, he's got even a bigger accent than you right. have. Um, but it's because my, my parents are not from here. So I had a lot of like weird mm. accents as I was growing up. My grandma's from Long Island, New York. So, and mm. she, so I've got like all these like weird things. Anyway, if you will pay attention to any movie ever in the history of movies where there is a Southern character, they are probably stupid in the movie. Oh. They are. Um, the media has, I mean, they've definitely done a little better as we've gotten, yeah, you yeah. know, moved it along. But when I was younger, I there would it. be like, I mean, think of the, oh, what's the movie where the crazy people like take people? Oh, uh, and they're like mountain people. Oh, I can't think of it. But basically it's like a horrible movie okay. where these like inbred mountain people go and like steal people. <laughs> 
Okay. And like, like kill and them or something them. weird. Okay. Yes. Okay. But they talk. I'm they questioning your, your movie choices here, but cool, cool, great. <laughs> I can't remember the name of it because okay. it's been a long time since I've watched it. So um, it's the one with the banjos. Anyway. We're going to find it and put the link below. We're going to figure this out because okay. so, it's a very popular movie. I just It's an okay. old movie. Anyway, they talk with a really, really southern draw. Like they're super southern inbred people. And so if you think about like all the ways that media per, like yeah. shows the southern accent, it's usually not in the best light. Um, and I don't think I realized that growing up because like growing up around here, everybody talked like me. So it wasn't it wasn't weird. Um, but when I got to college, which was literally it's in the town over from me, it's not like it was far away. Um, and everybody there was from somewhere close anyway. There were there was a professor. I took a broadcasting class, so I was a communications major in college, and I took a broadcasting class. And he told us front in like the first class, he said, "If you have an accent or a southern drawl, you are going to have to lose it if you ever want to mm. make it anywhere with your voice." Because <laughs> a lot of the people in the class were wanting to be radio broadcasters or whatever. I was taking it because it was an elective for what my major was, but you know whatever. And so that I was like, yeah. what? I don't want to lose. I, like, it was a very offensive thing to me. I'm like, I don't want to lose my accent, but here you are telling me I will never be successful if this is how I sound, yeah. you know? So I started my business 2010. I was starting to take on web design clients, blog design clients. I did everything via email. Most of that was because I had very small children at home and no help. Right. <laughs> so I didn't, I couldn't get on the phone with like a baby, like right here, you yeah, know, yeah, crying. Yeah. Um, so a lot of that was because of that reason, but a lot of it was because I knew yeah. if I was, hmm. let's say, pitching a $3,000 website to somebody, that if they heard me talk, they wouldn't take me as serious. I actually will never forget the first time I got on the phone with a client. I tried so hmm. hard to like articulate and make it sound good and all hmm. the things. And before, because I was so worried that she would not sign this package. And it was a, it was like the biggest package I'd ever quoted somebody. It was like $8,000 or something for a website. And by the end of the call, she said, by the way, I'd just love to tell you how much I love your accent. It's so beautiful. And I think that was kind of the moment. Well, the first moment where I was like, okay, all right. That didn't scare her off. Um, but then I, st I listened to a podcast and I have to shout it out because it's probably the moment where I was like, oh my gosh, I can be successful and be, and have a Southern accent. Mm -hmm. I listened to the podcast being boss by Kathleen Shannon and Emily Thompson. Do you okay. know them? Uh, I think so. Have you been on yeah. that? I've we, not been on we it. We got to get you on, on that. How do we get you on that? We're, yeah, seriously. we're going to get you on it. Okay. They're good friends. It's just, cool. I've never been on oh, the great. podcast. Okay, cool. They're so booked out. It's cool. just bananas. But so they are, Kathleen is not Southern. Emily is, she actually lived in my town, which is hysterical now that I know that, but she's not from here, but she's from the area. So she sounds a little bit like me. And when I was listening to it, I'm like, this podcast is like number 10 mm. in all the podcasts in the entrepreneurship category. Mm -hmm. And there's this girl with a Southern accent. So why can I not do that? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's the moment when I started filming more videos, getting on more live. Uh, Periscope was a big deal at this yep. time. Do you remember Periscope? Yeah, I do, I do. I got a lot of clients in fitness days through Periscope. That's right. Yes. That's so funny. I was a um, personal trainer, me too, by the way. Me too, me too, me too. See, that, it's that, like, yep, it's that jagged line thing that gets us to where we are. Yep, yep. But essentially, Periscope was a big deal. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go on this because I know that I'm good. Like, I know my personality comes across on camera because I've had people tell me that. So I started doing more and more and more. And the number one comment always was how much they loved my accent, 
how yeah. much they loved my accent. That made them feel like I was different and and they liked me better because of it. And it was just like a light bulb moment all in a couple of months where I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. I've been hiding this. And it's the reason people like me. It's like yeah. one of the reasons people like attach themselves to my message. So now I use it. I mean, if you look at my, I don't know if my Instagram bio says it right now, but it might. It usually says something about being the sassy Southern online best friend. So right. it's because that's what I am and I'm okay with that and people like it. So why would I not then embrace it? You know, I, I, I am. I mean, I could, I could talk for five hours on, on my perspective. I won't, but just so, <laughs> just so y'all understand that. You just, you just said, I know I did. I know I, it's, it's the, it's, it's getting to me. Um, the, the <laughs> biggest, the biggest thing that, and I'm so huge on the stories we're telling ourselves. I literally, I think I have this conversation five days, five times a day. It's like the stories that we're telling ourselves or the stories that like your professor, you can't be successful with an accent. And maybe in school you were made fun of, or maybe like, well, I don't want to sound stupid like they do in the movies. And whatever your struggle is right now, especially if you're just starting, I guarantee you start talking to anybody who's successful and, and see if you can find the moment where like if something's quirky about them or different about them, yeah. I guarantee you they try to suppress it or hide it at some point. And once they realize that, A, I don't really care what people think, but B, that is literally going to become your superpower. Yes. I see it over and over and over. And it excites me when I see someone coming out of that shell and just owning something about them. Whether that's like, well, you know, no one will trust you because you got a long beard and you look untrustworthy. And all these mm -hmm. little stories you'll hear, what's true to you? Yeah. And go with it. You You will... Go with it, like literally go with it, embrace it because it's going to be your superpower. And if that's holding you back from from getting your first video like like it did a little bit for Jessica um, mm -hmm. or just embrace it, go with it. And it's you. You can't change it. You can't. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's so funny because my husband says I have a radio voice. I have a work voice and a not work voice. Yeah. A lot of us um, do. A lot I of us do. Well, yeah, and I do try and articulate because yeah. there's sometimes there are words that don't come out right. Like I'm like, yeah. oh, that's not going to make sense if I say it that way. Yeah. So, or there's phrases that I say that people have pointed out to me, like, um, like what? For instance, if so, if I said, uh, "Could you go to the store and get me some milk?" If you were going to respond to that in a way that meant yes, you would say, "Sure, I don't mind to do that." I say, "Sure, I don't care." Mm. But see, to other people, that means like, mm. I don't want to do that. Sure, so sure. it's a, we have some like weird things. I also say might could. So instead of saying I might be able to, mm -hmm. I say I might could. I might could do that. I might could. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I understand what you're saying though. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. making sure that your target audience who you're talking to can actually understand what you're trying to say. And sometimes it means being kind of creating some logical decisions. But yeah. I'm sure it slips out every once in a while, like it did on this podcast, where it's like, hey, oh, yeah, I might, totally. what, what was it? I might, y'all? No. Might could. I might, might could. could. I might could. Uh -huh. And it's funny. It's just like different. And a lot of times I just, I say it anyway, and then I define it. So right. like I just did you, I, I'll Great. say I might could, and then I'll catch myself and be like, no, okay, I know that doesn't make sense to you guys, but here's what it means. Yeah. Or we call like the grocery cart in the store, we call it a buggy instead of mm. a grocery cart. Right. And so... Every time I say buggy, I forget, like on my Instagram stories, I'll say it. And somebody will be like, what the heck are you talking about? Mm. So I have to like refine that. And I have to, I do have to articulate some words that I know come out funny. Um, but I don't try and lose my accent. It's just, I try and like articulate a little better than I would if I'm talking to someone who knows what the heck I'm saying, yeah. you know?
So cool. So cool. So we've talked about, we've talked about, you know, creating the actual YouTube video, doing the keyword research, um, how to content versus like doing a vlog when no one really knows you. And if not really cares about you yet, you'll be doing vlogs. Just give it time. Um, yeah. being multi-passionate, but really focusing on one thing at a time, digging one hole, the undug holes. No, what'd you call it? The undug hole? No. The half dug hole. The half dug hole. <laughs> um, and so, so, okay, someone, someone's sitting here, they just listen to the podcast, they're like, you know what, I'm going to either restart my YouTube channel, I'm going to recommit to my YouTube channel and being authentically me and growing this thing, or I'm going to start it from scratch, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just some, and I know this is general because there's a lot of different people with different businesses, but just some general kind of like, okay, you're coaching them right now and they're listening and you're speaking to a thousand people on stage and they're all ready to get going. Let's help build a little bit of momentum, maybe get the first video out, the first, the yeah. first two video out, um, some, some words of wisdom uh, yeah. from you on that. I love that you said that you tell people to do 30 days of video because that's always my advice too, is cool. to just do it. Like yeah. just do it. Your, your first 1200 are probably going to suck. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I tell people all the time, I'll say, Oh, I have a video on that. It's very old. Don't judge me, but go watch it because the content is good. The lighting may not have been as good mm -hmm. or my camera wasn't as good as it is now. And so I'm a little embarrassed by it or I wasn't showing up as me, mm -hmm. you know, um, as much as I do now. But if you'll just do it, it gets more and more comfortable. And the really cool part is once you start, it's kind of like losing weight. Like if you start to lose weight and you see that you've lost weight on the scale, you're going to keep losing weight, right? You're going to be like, oh, I can do this. Yeah. I know what I'm doing now. YouTube is the same way. If you put out a couple of videos and one of them gets some comments from people that yeah. aren't your mom and your sister, you're going to be like, yeah. okay, yeah. these people actually needed to know what I was talking about. And now I'm going to do more and more and more. But also consistency is key, just like with anything else in life. But really on YouTube, the algorithm really favors consistency. So if you're willing, if you're ready jump in with both feet and do it and be consistent because if you're not, it won't ever go anywhere and then you're just going to be frustrated. Yeah. So it sounds like, um, obviously consistency. So start, but also consistently in, in, in learning and I mean, it's a skill set like anything else. So mm -hmm. do 30 days, shoot videos every single day, shoot three videos a day when you're just sitting around. If you're out for a walk, get comfortable. I, I used to have a hard time walking through, um, you know, along the seawall or with people because yeah. I'm like, well, and I just started creating a mantra of I'm a content creator, not a consumer. Yep. And if consumers want to judge me creating content, um, like they're, totally. they're, you consume, I'll create. And, and so I know a lot of people have all these fears and just by doing it, you develop the muscle where I can have a vlogging team around me in the middle of the city. And I really don't care what anyone thinks about me. I'm doing it because I'm creating content and value. Exactly. And you have to think too, like this is coming from... The, the most timely example I can think of is there are 12 year old girls dancing in the middle of the street for TikTok right now. Mm. Like, and they don't care right. if that 12 year old girl <laughs> in her height of awkwardness yeah. can be doing them dumb TikTok dances in the middle yeah. of the road then yeah. you can do your content I too, you know? Yeah. Cause it's, it's, we, we get in our own head and I'm still very, I live in such a small town that I go to the grocery store. Everybody there knows me. Mm -hmm. I go like, it's one of those things. So I'm still very conscious of how I, you yeah. know, go in somewhere and if I'm going to take my camera or whatever, right. even, even this many years into it. Right. But I also, I'm like you, I know that the video I'm creating is going to help change someone's life in some way. Mm -hmm. 
whether that's that it solved a problem and they could move forward or whether it showed them that they're not alone or whatever, it's going to change somebody's life. And so I'm being selfish by being self-conscious about that. I love that. I love it. I love it. So much, so much resonates and so much alignment and so many things that you say that I, I, I truly, truly believe and preach. Before we go to the outro, I ask everyone this question and you're willing, you're, 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 you're more than, um, you're, you can take five or 10 minutes. You can take an hour to come up with a response. If you don't have a response, email it and we'll add it, but <laughs> okay. we can cut out the weird two minutes of awkwardness and, and silence. But if there was one thing, and this can be business, this can be professional, this can be personal, this can be relationship, whatever, that's really resonating with you right now at this moment. So some lesson or something that you're really diving into that you wish you would have known or that you wish you could have passed down or in a sort of darker uh, tone if if this was your last day here and you had a book or you had a, a tombstone and you just had this piece of advice that mm-hmm. you could just leave. What would that be? Learn to say no more than you say yes. Um, I, it's really funny. I actually just saw this article from, I forget the website, but basically it was someone saying that mothers right now, and I know we're speaking to moms and dads here or not moms and dads, but, um, that mothers are stressed out because society is putting Mm. so much pressure on them and it flew all over me. Southern saying, mm-hmm. I can't, I, it just drove me nuts because mm-hmm. no, society is not doing anything. Yeah. We as humans are saying yes to too much crap. Mm-hmm. So the, the second that I started saying no to that client that I knew was going to make me have a bad day, it, it opened up the door so I could say yes to that really awesome one. When I started saying no to the fact that my, you know, kid wanted to play 17 sports, I was able to say yes to being able to speak at conferences. All of these things that we, if we feel overwhelmed and stressed, it's on us. It's because we didn't say no enough. And that is something that I wish I would have learned way earlier in life. And especially as like a mother, like I don't have to do anything. I do not care. My husband's a preacher. So I'm a preacher's wife, which is real. Awesome. But, um, <laughs> but like, you know, it's expected of like a preacher's wife, like the, the persona that goes around right. that. And I do not fit in that at all. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, I am mm-hmm. not even remotely in there. And so it's, you know, all these things like, can you teach Sunday school? Can you bring 14 cakes to the bake sale? Yeah. Can you volunteer at school? Cause you work from home. No, no, no. And heck no. Like I'm not doing it because that then takes away time from the things I actually need to be doing that are going to make my life and my kid's life better. So saying no, I can get real passionate about this. Yeah, Woo, yeah, I, can, yeah. I, I can preach. I can feel it. I'm um, feeling it. I'm feeling it. And I completely hundred percent, no question about it. Agree. Yeah. Uh, because that will hold you back. And it really ties together why I love this. Cause it's so aligned with right off the bat. The first thing we <laughs> talked about is life by design. And if you don't design your life and what you want your life to look like, you're going to be saying yes to shit that, that you shouldn't be saying yes to in, in the exactly. first place. And if you know exactly what your business looks like, personal life, finances, and how you want your day and your week, and if you want your Fridays off, you know what to start saying yes and no to. And the more you can stick to that. Um, so I, I love that. And that's why you're passionate about it because it's like, it sounds like that's even the, um, the, the core seed of, of your business, live life by design. It, it really is. It's, yeah. it's become a big thing, a big like pillar of my core values and that I want to help other people with. It's yeah. like, no, you don't have to do the things you don't want to do. Yeah. And I sometimes take it to extreme. Like I'll be like, no, I don't want to wash dishes. 
um, or whatever. But most of the time, I'm very good at saying no, and it has changed my life, yeah. which is awesome. So awesome. If, um, if someone, you know, if you're listening to this, you're taking notes, right? And you're like, man, I, I want to learn a little <laughs> bit more about Jessica, or, or I want to, um, yeah, well, I want to dive into her content, dive into the YouTube channel, connect in some way. What is the best way? We'll have all the links below, of course, for the grit in the YouTube channel. But what's the best way for people to kind of learn more about you, connect, go into your world, get into your worlds, and, mm -hmm. um, and, and get some of that southern, southern grit, southern, southern, yes. southernness? I'm here for it. First of all, before I say that, I want to clear up what that the name of that movie was. It's Deliverance. Okay. Um, so if anybody was listening and was like, no, it's Deliverance. Oh, my gosh. I wish you could. I remembered it. Um, but should, I, should I watch this movie? It sounds like it's, it's a. It's, it's not a good movie. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's a very scary movie and very, like, creepy movie. So um, I don't know if I would, like, recommend it, but... I'm, I'm 32, and I avoid horror. I have such an overactive imagination that it, I literally, at night, at 32, have to talk myself out of, like, there is no one that's going to kill you. Like, I need to logically, because I'm so terrified, and I'm 32. Yeah, don't True watch fact. it. Okay. Don't watch it then. I, I watched it when... I'm, I'm 33, so we're very close in age, and I watched it in my, like, late teens, and it, it still scares me still, to think about. It still affects you, so cool. <laughs> well, watch it or not, cool. Deliverance. <laughs> okay, so to find me, really the best way is to go to my website, which is just jessicastansberry.com. That's actually changing, but it'll forward, so it's fine. Um, and my Instagram is where I hang out all the time. So cool. if you go to Instagram and find Jessica Stansberry on there, I'm constantly on my stories. I talk about everything like business or not, you're going to find it there, but it's a fun place to hang out and it's the best place to re like really get to hang out with me. I respond to my DMS. I'm always there. So that's where I would point people for the most part. Awesome. So check out uh, deliverance. And then once you're done that <laughs> host, uh, check out the grit podcast, the YouTube channel, the links will be below and, um, the website, which we'll leave the link below. And of course, if you want to connect on the nitty gritty behind the scenes stuff, uh, check out the Instagram, which of course, and again, the link's going to be below. Mm -hmm. Jessica, thank you so much for your time. I'm feeling pumped up too. We got video creation, a batch creating content today. And I'm Yay. feeling like revved up to, <laughs> to just get crazy. So thank you so much. I hope this inspired, this episode inspired you as much as it did me. Uh, Jessica, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I've, it's been so much fun. You're awesome. All right, so as always, I just want to finish off the episode with saying thank you for listening. These episodes are 100% free and they're dedicated to helping you build your coaching business because there are clients out there just waiting for you to reach them. They're waiting for you to give them a result. So do not give up on your dream and never give up on your business. Again, these episodes are 100% free. All I ask in return is that you give it a thumbs up, you give it a like, you give it a little bit of love in the comments or the reviews, and you share it with one or two coaches who you know could use help building their coaching businesses. That's it. I'm done. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode.